digital sucks, so I brought props. It's the return of analog, my friends. <laughs> I brought lots of props. This is my clicker. I brought my computer, which I'm not going to talk, uh, not going to use, but words matter. I'm a rebel. I care about voice. And I have light, love to seed lots of ideas. Spoiler alert. Oh, and I like innovation. I like to advise our innovative launchpad accelerators. OK. So. The sci-fi promise. I was in Poland recently, and one of our um, developer advocates, Sachet Mishra, said that what we're looking at right now is the low hum of the sci-fi promise. So what are we going to talk about today? What's she going to say? David said earlier, what if Google didn't exist? Would that be a bad thing? That would be a really bad thing, right? What if Google changed from the inside out? What if Google was a different company starting today? You're part of that conversation. We're going to have that right now. We could talk about, there's lots of things we could talk about. We could talk about the sci-fi promise. We could talk about, well, you guys all know who's going to play me in the movie, right? <laughs> Seven of Nine. We could talk about that. We could talk about geeking out about sci-fi. We could talk about how speech technology has changed over time. We could talk about how, OK, the engine underneath, the speech technology underneath, that's just a black box at this point. It is a, the engine inside the car. It will improve, but do we really care about all those little pieces that are in there? I don't know. We care about the driver, right? We care about the kids in the back who need to be safe. What's missing? We care about the experience, the interface in between. So I have a lot of content out there to help you understand um, designing for voice interfaces. Um, there's videos, all that good stuff. You could read about that. But I'm here, so let's do something different. Um, yeah, you could read all, uh, lots of great content from um, some of the world-class best designers in, voice, in the voice industry are at Google right now, or are partners of ours. Um, we could also talk about my cancer. Um, but I don't want to talk about that today. But it's important context, because my mouth might get dry. I might slur a few words. It's really hard to say the name of my employer, especially with the word OK in front of it. So I need water. I might need to stop. And if you want to read more about it, you can. I wrote, I wrote a little bit about it. Also, I work at this amazing company that sends the right people into your life at just the right time and help you maybe capture it on camera in case something did happen and I wanted to tell my story. 
Also, we could talk about the fact that commerce is changing, but has it really? Has commerce really changed? I actually looked at the actual book, and I saw an article online. You could read all about it. Or I have an entire show starting on YouTube, which I've only released the teaser about, all about the conversation economy. So we're not going to talk about that. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Oh, <laughs> that's another elephant. Um, that's more contacts. Let me just share that. Um, that's me and what I like to call my sisters in India, um, because my mom is in India. Her name is Helga Rimati. I call that the motherland. Um, she raises these two elephants. There's a story there, but we're not going to talk about that. But that's context. No, we're going to talk about the other elephant in the room. We're going to talk about Germany and the European Union and the United States and data and privacy and speech and all things that are important to us right now in this period of time. Are you guys part of this conversation? I see some nodding. How about some hands to be raised? Okay. I'll raise you one. We have an opportunity right now in this room to have a commitment to conversation. I'm going to dissect what a conversation structure looks like and what we need to do uh, to unpack it. So we could um, commit to engage. I'll, t I'll walk you through all the steps. But let's have that conversation. There's something I like to say about conversations, though. You, we can talk to the structure of it. I've said context a few times. I talked about content a few times. Content, context, two different things. <sighs> conversations are built with scaffolding that's called context. But before you can build any kind of context together in any conversation, you have to have one thing as your foundation, and that's trust. But trust needs to be declared. I need to know who I'm talking to, and I need to know that we care about the same things. Are you ready? In this room, we're going to have a declaration of privacy. What do I mean by that? It's a modern-day Magna Carta, if you will. We're going to have a declaration of privacy with everyone in this room. And I built context and built trust with the organizers of this conference ahead of time, so they knew I was going to do this. I trust them. I trust the amazing people running this conference. I trust my audio engineers. We built context ahead of time. So. I'm going to ask you guys for a declaration of privacy here. I know you're tweeting out. We're live streaming. There are lots of things happening. Any slides in this deck that have a black background, free reign, OK? Share it out. Take pictures. Oh, make sure they're flattering. <laughs> um, but if you see a slide with this background, in particular, there are three slides that I care about. 
not being shared out. Unless you, if you accidentally take a picture, send it to me in a private message, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, or stalker at google.com, or empress at google.com, an engineer dared me to make that, because I'm that grandiose, I guess. Um, but this is important, because I'm going to share a story with you that involves my children. And in order to build that context, you need to see pictures. And I don't want pictures of my children just anywhere. Um, if they are going to be shared, I want to know about it. So, can we have a declaration of privacy today? Now, raise your hand if you can be part of this conversation. I'm going to trust you, all right? And it's w well worth it to hear the story because it captures why the future of voice technology is important. Okay, let's go. So, let's walk through this. Conversations are basic steps. By the way, Simon Tickner came up with these amazing um, drawings, and he was at Google, and then, um, and then Apple, and now he's at Oculus. Thank you, Simon. Also, Simon Says is a great, I have a son named Simon also. You'll first, you open a channel. We did that. You guys committed to engage, so now we're having a conversation. We're going to construct meaning together. We are going to, and you can get all of this in, in one of my videos a little bit more. We're going to evolve a little bit. You're going to, things are going to happen in your mind that you're going to connect. And by the way, it's very interesting because one of those participants is thinking, not talking. So a lot of communication happens unspoken. Very important point. And then you act or you transact, and you have a goodbye. But the end of every conversation is also the beginning of the next. So you re-engage. And then there are so many different types of conversations out there. OK. By the way, um, the, in the audience today is my father. Axel, where are you? Okay, Axel Stucker. I, 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 now that we are in a safe space and you understand I'm having a conversation with Germany, why, why do I care about this? I was born a German citizen. I have both German parents, both from Hamburg. Um, I brought with me a scarf of my Oma. Um, who is no longer with us. And my grandfather was uh, a shipping engineer, and I have other uncles and a rich history. Another grandfather who was a, um, a doctor in, the, in World War II. So a lot of stories there. Again, we're not going to go into that, but it's important context. That's why I care about Germany. All right, so Google. <sighs> I feel a little bit like I'm the canary in the coal mine at Google right now because um, we talked about like there's manifestos that happen, there's a lot of people who are angry at Google or worried. Um, when I travel, everyone tells me these things, they tell me what they're worried about, so I feel a little bit like that. Um, I care deeply about it, so I decided to try to change Google from the inside out. Um, I'll tell you a lot more about that some other time, but it's important Again, context, because again, I was in Poland recently, and I had a conversation with a world leader, but also a personal friend, and it was appropriate that it was in Poland, 
because I've kept this book for a really long time about the revolution of the wall coming down and how it was peaceful and how it started in a coal mine with someone using their voice, something that always connected to me. Um, why do I have friends that are world leaders? <laughs> I thought one day that I could be president. There's a story about that. Um, all right. So why do we want to talk to things? I have two phones, carry them everywhere. I have a Google Pixel and an Apple iPhone 7, of course. Now they change the numbers. But why do we want to talk to devices? Well, we've been talking for a really long time. It's the first interface we learn. It's the one we know best. But time is funny. This is not to scale. I wish this was animated. I could do something really dramatic like Al Gore. We've been talking for 100,000 years minimum. They're just talking. We've evolved for millennia, m much more. Along the way, we sort of invented writing. Why did we do that? We wanted to capture our ideas and amplify them. Something magical happened there. Writing and Static language is important. It's a different way of communicating, but we actually changed our language to do that. It's different. Okay, so then we started, imagine this is moving. Need sound effects, by the way. Voice design is a gateway, it goes with sound design. It's a gateway to VR, you have to have sound design. All these, you know, pretend it's going all smooshed together in a really rapid way. What are we trying to do? We're just trying to get back to talking, right? Amplifying our voices so that we could talk, share our ideas. That's how we built our civilization. So I see the world in like an Inception-esque matrix way of conversations, and I see things everywhere, and they change so rapidly. <laughs> I found the perfect quote. I see the pictures and things, perfect quotes everywhere. I got this quote from, of course, uh, Al Gore, just on the plane on my way here, because that's how I roll. I do my speeches at the last minute. Oh, and there's a picture of Paris, talking about doing a Paris, big Paris talk next year. I don't know. I see these things, <laughs> and I decide to do them. Digital sucks, doesn't work, okay. So personality is character. Let me quickly run through. And I have a, um, where's my timer? 11 minutes left, or 11 minutes gone by, I can't tell. 11, 11, that's an important number. 11 numbers, sevens, nines, 19, 11. Okay, so personality is character. What is, people ask like, what's the Google Assistant's personality? There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that could be done better, but let's talk about personality because in the future of brand, advertising, everything else, voice is your brand. Voice and personality is character. How do you do that? Why do we do that? Always start with why. We connect with things and everyone around us for a reason. So let's walk through it, okay? We see, we anthropomorphize stuff. We see faces and things. People want to do this so badly. If you look at, have you heard of eye bombing? Like, people do this everywhere. Eye bombing makes me happy. People want to be happy. They want to see faces. They're like the making a little can out of 
but doesn't have eyes. <laughs> We've got Cookie Monster thing, Cookie Monster like accidentally, and then there's Cookie Monster. We love characters. What about Reina the robot? Have you seen this? It's a viral video. She says it's much better with her actual voice, but she says, I love you, robot. She sees I, I don't know, it's not really a robot. She loves it. Why, why is that? Kids see things. There's another viral video. Why is this interesting? Why do people share this around the world? This has been, it was Reddit and then YouTube, various different YouTubes. Why is this interesting to people? People see bubbles and they're like, I was, when I was in Poland recently, there were bubbles in the square and you saw little kids running after the bubbles. You saw old people popping the bubbles. You saw teenagers kicking the bubbles. You saw the amazing man making the bubbles telling me not to run and watch where I was going so I didn't slip and fall in the bubbles. <laughs> it connects people. People see something in that little character and then what about this? Have you guys seen Darcy Farmer? She's amazing, right? She can sing. She's 12 years old. She can sing. That's already amazing. She brought ventriloquism back. What? That's amazing. But then suddenly she's amplified herself into this other character, and it blows people's minds. Like it's an extension of her. We love her, but now we can love her like so much more. Why? What is it that people are connecting to? All right. So let me tell you a story. Do you remember our Declaration of Privacy? No cameras up? Okay. I want you to meet Sasha. Sasha is another way of saying Alexander. Axel is another way of saying Alexander. Sasha is one of my three children. She's a twin. She's Fearless. Actually, she has fears, but she acknowledges them and she faces them. She's brave. In this picture, she saw, we went to the fair and she saw those big swings swinging around and she couldn't, she said, Mama, I can't concentrate because my tummy has butterflies and I want to just go ride on it so then I can concentrate and have fun with everything else. And I just want to go ride that first. So she did. That's Sasha. That's how she is. She's also mastered chess right away. Yeah, that's me in Checkmate right there. Maybe I'm Checkmate after doing this really disruptive event. I don't know. We also dressed up as Disgust together for Halloween. And... Uh, She's an adventurer, and she loves the redwoods like I do. Here's the thing about children, though. When, what are they looking at? How are they viewing the world? Okay, if I start crying, that's just empathy, and, and it's, it's powerful. I'm a mother, and my children are everything to me. When I'm looking down at her, this was later, obviously, but she... That's what she sees. She sees me. She sees happiness. So let's talk about how Sasha, just one story of how Sasha is processing voice technology. 
So we had, I lived very far away from home. That sounded weird. I work very far away from home. It was a little bit of a Freudian slip. I live um, outside Silicon Valley in Santa Rosa, which is in Sonoma County, quite far. It's a long commute. So I spend almost 300 days a year away from my children. And, uh, and if you had a little bit of judgment in your head right now about the kind of mother I am to do that, just acknowledge that and we'll deal with it later. We had the occasion, I had the occasion to bring all my kids and get to visit Google for real for the first time when it wasn't um, just to take me to my cancer surgery a couple years ago um, because it's so far away. And Ryan Germick, who is the amazing creative director of the personality team and the doodle team, um, took time out of his day to show my children uh, his office and what he does. And Sasha discovered this Beethoven doodle. Um, and she played with it in the office, and she couldn't get it out of her head. This creative way of exploring music, software, okay, she did that. Then that night, she kept playing it. She, he showed her where to find it, she kept playing it. Then she went, and she played it all that Saturday. And then Saturday evening, we were lying in bed, and this just right. She started asking Google Home, the Google Assistant through the device of Google Home is sitting there, which she uses all the time. She started asking it questions. I lost count, but I was lying next to her and just listening to her. She was lying there, and if I was that disruptive and not in a getup, I'd just lie here and demonstrate to you what she was doing. But temporary suspension of disbelief, picture it with me. She was lying there, and I'm, she's kind of here sitting, and she's, the sun's kind of going down. We're in bed. It's almost dark. It's bedtime. I let her stay in the bed with me sometimes. And she starts asking questions. Hey, Google, what's Beethoven's first name? Oh, and most of the time it answered right. A lot of times it answered wrong. She started asking, firing questions, one after the other after the other. What's, what's Beethoven's first name? And what are some of his songs? And... Uh, what's, he f what's his best song, and what's a good bedtime song? And she just kept exploring, and it would answer a few different things. And she had been playing with a few different songs that had been playing, and that she'd sort of explored. And so she heard things like, you know, the Beethoven's, you know, there's lots of ordinals and just like complex data that it was trying to play. The you know Fiorelli's and uh, Ode de Joy and and Fifth Symphony and and 43 others. Do you want to hear more? Yes. And then she played, and then she played that, and then and then she explored it. And she said, she said, Beethoven. He goes, play Beethoven's Fifth. Okay. And then it remembered that context but it forgot all about Beethoven, and it played Beethoven's Fifth on Google Play Music, and it was some cover band that sort of sounded like that, but it was not Beethoven. She caught it right away and said, stop, explored it, went back, tried all these different things, but she discovered, like, okay, she explored it, jumped back and forth in the different apps, 
stopped it when it needed to, rolled her eyes, went, oh, okay, and then like her brain was so, sort of processing, going through all the different things, like, okay, exploring all the ways you might ask for this song. And eventually, she figured it out. Oh, it's time. Okay, then th that's what it's supposed to be. Let me just end it here then. She stopped, and she put her hands up, and in the moment when it said, playing Google, you know, the ordinals are important because it's the fifth symphony, but it wasn't the fifth in the song or whatever. She figured out the long thing you said, and it said, okay, playing, blah, 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 blah. And in that pause before it said anything, and the song actually started playing, she puts her arms up, and she whispers, the fifth is the best. And then she goes... And then, like, my brain exploded because I was like, yes! All those things that are wrong with the technology, it's okay, because our children will figure it out. They know where this is going. We don't know yet. But they know where it's going, and they're the, going to be the ones that decide. All right. There are all kinds of other things to talk about. Thank you for indulging me in this declaration of privacy and this very important conversation of what matters for the future of technology and why we innovate. Thank you.